This is Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection, the podcast that talks direct with retailers about all things loss prevention, with your host, Nicole Smith. Did you know that the Profit Protection Future Forum is the only not-for-profit industry body promoting the interests of retail loss prevention professionals in Australia and New Zealand? Hi there and welcome to the show. On today's episode, I'm talking with Mark Gentle from Checkpoint Systems. Mark is the Vice President and Managing Director for Checkpoint and Meto Australia, New Zealand and ASEAN. And over the past 15 years, Mark has held numerous roles with Checkpoint in Asia-Pacific, Europe and Australia, and has had extensive international experience in manufacturing, project management and change implementation. Mark is a member of IMA Asia and is currently serving as a counsellor with the Australian Industry Group Victorian branch, as well as being a member of the Australian Industry Group's National Advisory Council. He is also a steering committee member and a very busy man. So it's great to have you here today, Mark. Thank you. So Mark's been with Checkpoint for nearly 18 years, so you've probably seen a lot of different solutions enter and exit the market. So I'd really like to talk to you today about merchandise protection and what new solutions are out there for retailers. So firstly, Mark, can you tell me a little bit about Checkpoint Systems? Great company. Where, where do I start? <laughs> but, um, no, che- Checkpoint Systems is a division of CCL Industries and is a global leader in merchandise availability solutions for business-to-business and business-to-consumer retailers. And we encompass loss prevention solutions, merchandise visibility. We have the Internet um, of Things from our product ecosystems that work in concert to drive profitability, but more importantly, enhance the customer experience. I think, um, you know, I could spend all day talking about Checkpoint. It's, um, it's a company that's evolved over 50 years. And when you take Checkpoint's mission statement, it's very simple, but it's very poignant. And it's, it's basically, and I'll, I'll read this out. I don't normally do that, but I will. For, mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, we will be the first choice for source to shopper solutions that optimize success for our customers. So... It's not about selling products or selling solutions. It's about ensuring whatever goes into retail is going to drive a benefit for the retailers themselves. And I guess it has to be sustainable as well. Absolutely. So this isn't whatever we do now has to be long term. It has to have a a footprint that's upgradable that can, as retail evolves, our solutions evolve today and they're still ready for tomorrow. Okay, so you've been working with the loss prevention industry for nearly 18 years. I think this is your 18th year at Checkpoint. Yeah, it's gone, it's gone very, it's very quickly, but we're counting down the other way now. Yeah? <laughs> so what changes have you seen in the Australian industry over the years? Wow, that's a big question. I know. <laughs> that's a big question. Um, I, I think, um, to me, a lot of it's cyclic and change, change goes in waves and... What what we've seen is loss prevention has gone from the back room to be a strategic function of, of a retailer's um, uh, arsenal of um, the ability to drive profit with the right strategies, with the right tactics, with the right people in place. It's also, I think, um, 18 years ago, in certain retailers, it had that strategic direction, but in many, it was just part of a function that had to be done. Mm-hmm. Whereas you've seen over time that profit protection has become more and more important. 
and how that integrates across all functions of retail. At one time, you would have seen loss prevention very standalone, whereas now it's integrated within an organisation. And a lot of it's technology changes. The technology that's changed with data has probably been the biggest thing that's changed loss prevention in the last 18 years. Do you still think, though, that the uh, back to basics, the people involvement is crucial or critical for, uh, for loss prevention? Well, I think I think I I don't think it matters what solution you put into an organisation unless you've got the people on board, the people embracing the technology. If that doesn't happen and you embed it into the process, you will fail. Mm. What's the most successful merchandise protection strategy that you've seen in the market? Wow. <laughs> so that, that comes back to the issue, yeah? So that really comes back to what are you trying to solve with a retailer? Mm-hmm. And look, to be honest with you, I've, I, I've seen many. Um, and some of it's been a switch on technology. So changing technology from, from one frequency to another frequency that's then enabled a at source program to really develop. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen other situations where organised crime was a major problem and by putting some smart technology in place, we were able to monitor, be able to pinpoint where the issues were occurring. And that's the, the success is down to individual. It's not, there's not a, a broad brush to say this product fixes everything. No, it, I, think, I think a lot of people would like that. Oh, how it, good would that be? It'd make it a whole lot easier. <laughs> oh, look, if, if we could come up with something that fixed everything, it, it would be great. But the, the reality, the reality is, you can't. You've got to, you've got to understand what the issues are. You've got to appreciate the strategic fit from a retail side, and then come up with a solution that works for both. I think one of the challenges might be also that you've got to stay ahead of what the crooks are thinking because of the internet where they can go onto the likes of YouTube or uh, different platforms and even though you bring out a new product, they can defeat it. They've got time to defeat it in a fairly short space of time and show everyone else how to defeat it. Yeah, they're, they're shocking, aren't they? Mm. Absolutely shocking. And, and I think some of the work that, um, that, we, that we do, when we, when we ask for people who have a background in um, stealing to, to come in and ask them to show us how they can defeat products and how quickly, that's all part of the uh, due diligence before we launch products now. Mm. So what's currently in the marketplace that's going to help retailers protect their merchandise? What 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 can Checkpoint offer? Well, I think I think um, I think there's a myriad there's a myriad of answers there. It's the I think that the starting point is the consulting, the ability to be able to sit down with a retailer to be able to walk their stores, understand their problems with them, and then come up with a, a game plan that fits within their strategic direction because. It's pointless putting a solution that costs X but adds another Y amount of dollars for that retail for labour hours within store, as an example. Mm -hmm. So it's getting that balance between what makes sense for that retailer compared to what the benefit of the solution is going to provide. And that consultative process now is becoming more and more important. And I think when you add it from a checkpoint side and you look at we're the only player in the market that has the ability to work with factories, develops their own solutions across a myriad of functions, so works that supply chain, Mm -hmm. brings that into store, and then tracks when the products leave the store, 
That's very powerful. The question is, where do we interject? So Checkpoint, to my knowledge, have a good, better, best approach um, with regards to some of their solutions. Can you just talk me through how that works? Yeah, I think the, um, the one of the challenges, I guess, for, for a larger multinational organisation is that we, we spend a lot of time and money developing solutions that are going to last the, the long term. And we've still got solutions in the market now that are over 25 years old and still working very well. Mm-hmm. So, And that obviously comes at a premium. So not every retailer has that, that budget to really go for the, the premium solution. So what we try to do is ensure that there's a range of products that at this level will be a good solution, won't be the, the best solution, but it'll be okay. Um, then it's, you know, if you're going to lift up the walk up the stairs a bit further, what what is better? Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll break that down. So whether that's a consumable product, whether that's a, a point of exit product, point of sale product, and we'll break that down to a good, better, best strategy that fits the retailer. Now, it could be that some stores we just go with a good solution. Other stores will go with a better solution, and other stores will go with the best. So it's not one size fits all. It's about understanding the demographics. It's about understanding the retail's location and then coming up with a solution that fits. So tell me about your best solution that you've got in the marketplace at the moment from an antenna perspective. From an antenna perspective, oh, we're narrowing right down. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> My questions have been really broad. and so Yeah, you, you... <laughs> yes. Look, our, our best solutions are people, yeah, mm-hmm. because it's our people that make the difference in the marketplace. And it's our people's ability to be able to understand problems because that also drives our innovation. So, Mark, tell me about the technology in the products that you've got in the marketplace at the moment. Um, look, I think the, the there's a whole range of things that the engineering team are, are working on at the moment. And one of the exciting parts that I see for, for the organisation is the the speed now that the organisation is, is in enhancing within the different R&D teams new solutions to market. So whether that's from a software side, whether that's from a physical label side, or whether that's something from a a point of exit um, antenna side, there's a whole group of teams focused to drive new solutions. And some of it's game-breaking. So some of the work that's occurring on the antenna side no one else will be able to do. And the teams have come up with how you take an existing technology that's pretty well locked in from a, a science radio frequency perspective and utilise that with electronics that then enhances performance. Mm-hmm. And it's very clever what the guys are doing. And it's best in class. Okay. So, Mark, you would have been in a lot of client meetings. What's been the retailer's biggest challenge for merchandise protection to overcome? Well, I think there's a few, there's a few things that um, fall out here. The, the biggest challenge, if we just talk about Australia and New Zealand, is the, the labour cost. So labour costs year on year is increasing. Mm-hmm. So even before, you know, the retailer moves into their, their new budget cycle, they know they're going to have X amount of dollars increase on their, their cost, yeah? Mm-hmm. And that's just going to be labour cost. So how do, you, how do you every year overcome that increase in cost? Now, 
that's fine if you're opening many many stores year on year yeah but if you're if you're fairly flat um, you've got to ensure that you maximize every profit profitable dollar so that's about getting the balance between cost within store from a merchandise protection against moving that um, within to your supply chain back to your to your factories and your vendors the problem with I guess our market here is that we're such a small drop in the ocean for some of those national uh, uh, FMCGs that you know if the retailer goes back to a larger company and says you know we want you to source tag for the products here in Australia you know, it's a very small portion of what they send out at a global level. So I think that's always been quite difficult. Yeah, look, I think it's a fair point, yes. And, but it also comes down to who's accountable for loss, who's, who's taken the loss. And, you know, we've seen instances not just here in Australia and New Zealand, but obviously within Asia where products have been deranged. Mm. The, the losses are so high that unless something changes, the retailer won't range that product. And once uh, once you're at that level, it's pretty deplorable for all for all parties. So some of it comes back to understanding the issues, understanding what's happening in the market, and then together working in collaboration. And I think you're seeing more collaboration between fast-moving consumer goods now with fixture and fitting type solutions and product protection type solutions coming together. Do you see that at a global level or or are you seeing that in a global level like when you're up in Asia? Um, I think it's different market by market and remember Asia is a mixed is a mixed marketplace. You've got, you know, countries like Vietnam, um, Cambodia, you know, they're emerging markets. So the sophistication in some areas is very good, but in other areas there's a lot for them to to do. But then you go into markets like Singapore and it's totally different. So it is a case-by-case, country-by-country proposition. So what changes do you predict for the industry in the coming years? Um, Data. Everything's going to be driven by data on our decision-making. And I think the... Whether that's data coming from your point of sale, if that's data coming from your self-scan units, we'll start to see artificial intelligence play a bigger part in everything that um, that we do and you're seeing it now and in many cases we, we probably don't realize we're seeing it because of our smartphones mm. you know so how often do you go onto a website and it's starting to tell you what your preferences are mm. yeah so that will play a more prominent role from a, a retail loss prevention play as well and we're starting to see it we're starting to see that come in now I agree, but I also think that some of the loss prevention teams have been cut down, that they don't have anyone to analyse that data. So the data's it's there and it's spitting out, but they're not able to do anything with it at this point of time. Yeah, and I think, I think the everything goes in cycles, yeah? Mm. So depending on where the retailer is in their, their cycle, so they've driven loss down to what they believe is a manageable position, they make changes, may move people into different departments, whatever. And then over time, they see that number come up again. Mm. And then they put more focus back in, they drive that number down. So I think it it's dependent on the retailer and it's dependent on where they are in the cycle. I'm interested in this AI piece because it's uh, something that we see at trade shows all the time, robots yep. walking around or, or wheeling around. Um, cleaning floors. Cleaning floors. Uh, I think one of our supermarket chains is doing a trial 
at the moment uh, with a robot in their store. So do you think we'll see more robots? Yeah, I think so. Do you think we'll see drones in stores or drones well, delivering? Or well, I think, you know, to be honest, we're doing drones now. As a company, we're doing drones from uh, to be able to do stock take. Mm-hmm. So the now some of that technology is in its infancy. There's still some areas that you've that needs to be resolved. But the speed of the change of technology and artificial intelligence in the last five years is incredible. Mm. So if you think that it's taken us five years to get to this stage, we're going to double in the next two and a half years. So devices like hard tags and labels have been around for donkey's years within the industry. And um, seasoned shoplifters know how to defeat them. So what, what does Checkpoint do to stay ahead of the game? Well, I think um, I think from in every area that you're, you're talking about, there's 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 a level of investment and a level of change going on. And but I think it's more to do with compliance. So when we talk to shoplifters, the first thing they will say to you is, "What level of protection do they see in that store?" Because that's amplifying their risk. Mm-hmm. So if they see no protection. So they don't see any uh, visible antennas as they walk in. Um, if they don't see labels or, or merchandise protection devices within that store, they'll probably work on the fear that that's quite a low risk store to um, steal from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, it's about amplifying the risk. And that's in many cases what we're seeing from shoplifters. So I guess putting uh, different, it's like little stepping stones in place, little hurdles. So someone has to make a decision to say, yes, I'm going to try and defeat this, and they get to that product, it's in a keeper. So then they have to make another decision. Do I do I try and exit the store with this? Yeah, and there's a chance they're going to get caught. So it, it is, a lot of it comes down to, there's there's a gentleman I, um, I worked with years ago, and he, he called it a displacement theory. He said, he goes, if our store is protected and we have good processes with our employees then the dishonest person will tend to go to the store down the road that doesn't have it. How then do retailers stay ahead of the game? Because, let's face it, the law is on the side of the thief, not on the retailer. Uh, I, personally, I think it's changing. Um, I think with some of the situations we've seen with gangs recently um, in retail, and there's been a lot of publicity on the television with, with organised crime, gangs going in, sweeping, smashing, damaging, which is horrific, yeah? It's horrific mm-hmm. for the people in the stores. I think that will change now. I think there will be there will be task force set up, and there is task force being set up to address, and then the next step is the courts taking a stronger, a stronger um, play in this area. So I think that will change. Let's hope so. So, Mark, we've reached the final countdown, the last three questions. If you weren't involved or working with Checkpoint, what do you think you'd want to do? Uh, look, that's a, it's, a, it's a great question. If you asked me 20 years ago, I'd have been a professional footballer, but I don't think <laughs> I can do that now. But um, who, who, oh, It's a real hard one. My, my background is, is technology. My background is in um, electrical, electronic engineering. Maybe I I would have been developing drones now. Who knows? Yeah. How come you didn't take the engineering path? Well, I did for a while, and Mm. then I thought it was far more fun in retail. (laughs) (laughs) If you could change anything within the industry, what would it be? Collaboration. Mm. More collaboration in the industry, more coming together of retailers, discussing 
problems that are common for everyone. It's funny because everyone, pretty much everyone answers quite similar to that, that I've spoken to. How do we do it? It's, and look, the PPFF is a great um, well, mechanism to do that. I think we have to do more of what we're doing. And it's, it's also about ensuring that we, we get people together to talk and they feel comfortable to talk. We try to move away from forums where people are pushing products. So the more round tables we can do, the more meetings we can do that's good for the industry, the more we can bring the, uh, the forces or the police to get them involved a little bit of what's, what's occurring. To me, it's all about education. The more we can educate within the country about what goes on in our retail stores, the more support we'll get for change. And that academic piece is quite in- interesting and important as well. Uh, the Some of the research papers that um, the teams are doing now, uh, they're, they're, they're highlighting so many problems that people were not aware of. And the people that were raising the issues before the, the academic papers came out were challenging the substance. So to have... Um, an unbiased approach come out to really investigate problems is is a breath of fresh air. And lastly, your advice for anyone who's wanting to get into that retail loss prevention space? Yeah, I, I, my advice would be is to look at this as a long-term career. Um, don't think it's something you need to, to rush or drive. It's, it's going to cover a mixture of technology. It's going to cover a mixture of uh, people, and it's it's broad as well. So you can specialise in certain areas or you can be a generalist across across many, many areas. But my real advice on here is find a mentor that you can go to to bounce ideas. Very good advice. So, Mark, thanks for giving up your time today and talking to me about some of the different solutions that are available for merchandise protection. Um, I'm sure there's lots of retailers out there that either have nothing or need something, um, but haven't. You know, it's it sometimes it falls into that too hard basket. So, um, hopefully, this has given them a little bit of an insight as to what they can do. Yeah, and I think look, I think at the at the end of the day, if if people have got problems from a retail side and they want they want help, they're always welcome to to reach out, and one of the team members will be more than happy to discuss their issues. Fantastic. So if you'd like to find out more about Checkpoint Systems, their website is www.checkpointsystems.com, or if you'd like to get in touch with Mark Gentle, you can email him at the PPFF website. You can subscribe to this weekly podcast via iTunes, Google Podcasts and Spotify and there's a link to download episodes and show notes on the PPFF website. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the Profit Protection Future Forum. It is written and produced by Juliet Woodward and myself, Nicole Smith, and is kindly hosted by Wooshka. In the next episode of Retail's Conversations with Profit Protection, I'm talking to Nick Smith from Chemist Warehouse about how he engages suppliers in proactive loss prevention. I hope you'll join me next week so we can keep talking all things profit protection. Thanks for listening to Retails, conversations with profit protection. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to find out more about the Profit Protection Future Forum, head to ProfitProtection.co or find us on LinkedIn. Drop us a message on info at ProfitProtection.co with feedback on our show.